Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway on this Friday, sponsored each and every morning by Harvest Ridge Coffee. Oh, boy. I had a big, big cup and just a few sips left in my Harvest Ridge, but that's going to fuel me the whole day. Here at the Radio Ranch, we just get the -the run-of-the-mill signature blend medium roast. I mean, it's great, but, you know, if you want something a little bit more exotic, you can get French roast or Highlander grog or extreme blend or Kona blend or Colombian supreme if you really like it rich. It can be delivered fresh to assure you a rich, sophisticated, delicious coffee experience. Call Refreshment Services Pepsi to find out more about Harvest Ridge Coffee or pick up a cup at your local convenience store if you're out and about today. My guest today is Leah Hemming, and she has opened a sexual health and wellness clinic in Quincy. And this is kind of a unique thing. We don't have this in our area. This is something rather new, according to Leah. So we're going to learn first about her, and then we'll learn about her clinic. Welcome, Leah Hanneman. I am so glad to have you here. Uh, Let's talk first a little bit about you. We want to know about your professional credentials and a little bit about your life story. So you just share with us what uh, you think our listening audience needs to know. Well, thank you for that introduction. I'm Leah Hemming. I'm a nurse practitioner. Um, I've been um, in healthcare for about 25 years. Um, and about three years ago, I opened a sexual wellness clinic uh, within the confines of oncology, so cancer. Um, I kind of piloted it in that area because I feel like our patients were underserved Um Going through the treatment of cancer and the, for the cure or slowing the cancer treatment down, we do a lot of things that are unsexy that impact sexual health, including rewiring colons through the stomach, uh, removing breasts, um, suppressing hormones, inducing medical and surgical castration. So all of those things impact sexual health and I saw the need, and so we started a sexual wellness clinic in November of last year, 2023. I opened it up to the rest of um, the rest of the population. So uh, it's no longer just in the cancer center. It is open to all of Illinois and all of Missouri. And where are you physically located? <laughs> physically located behind a computer. And a a place far, far away. The clinic is 100% telemedicine. I had looked at some spaces and I realized that uh, healthcare of the future is going telemedicine. Um, There is HIPAA, um, you know, Health Information Protection Privacy Act, and then there's Sexual Health HIPAA. So I go to the nth degree to assure that um, security and safety is met at all costs. So meetings are done from the privacy of your own space, your own office. Um, no one sees your car parked in front of a certain specific office. So, um, And it, it kind of is the best of both worlds. Keeps your safety um, and security at utmost concern and mine as well. You know, I kind of like that idea because you're not dealing with, you know, oh, somebody might see me go to the dentist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is very personal. But there can be a downside to that. So let me talk, you know, I mean, about that. Uh, I've never had a telemedicine visit. I really enjoy going in with Dr. Dana Altman and just talking to her and, you know, looking at her. And, you know, the fact that she physically examines me, for example, not that I necessarily enjoy that, but I mean, you know, she's there. So 
when you're dealing with very, very personal and private issues, I can see why the privacy would come in. But do you have trouble getting that human connection because you're looking at each other on a screen? Um, I understand that. That's a that's a significant concern, um, especially in some of the older populations. When you go into the website, um, there's an option to leave messages. So that's one of the messages that we've worked through, too. And I've done step-by-step tutorials of how to to meet people where they're at, where they're comfortable as far as the electronic uh, electronic knowledge mm-hmm. to, to make sure that we're getting their needs met at their level. So yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, but yeah, I, I help people with some IT things, even though I'm not necessarily an IT person, but the, the goal is to get them, um, the, get their needs addressed and get them back to whatever their normal is going to be. Okay. Leah Hemming, my guest today, since November of 2023, she has opened this sexual health and wellness clinic to everyone, and it is basically a telemedicine clinic. So Leah has an office, obviously, but you don't have to go there. Uh, in fact, you're not going to go there, uh, and uh, you're going to do this all with telemedicine. You talked earlier about how you became interested in this from the um, oncology and cancer point of view, and I think that this is something and still uh, this morning I even got a few raised eyebrows from coworkers when I said oh I'm having a person who runs a sexual wellness clinic on they were like <gasps> on the Mary Griffith show where you talk about Girl Scout cookies and the Kiwanis <laughs> you know auction and uh, the symphony and I'm like you know hey we have to in- educate people and this is a way for people to learn and they don't have to call in and they don't have to do anything they can learn but you talk about some of those problems that people experience specific to cancer, but obviously people have sexual problems related to a lot of different things. Oh, that's that, uh, you're, you nailed it. So when I was in grad school, my senior project, I chose to do sexual dysfunction of chronically ill patients. You know, so many times your doctor and you discuss about the importance of weighing yourself daily if you have congestive heart failure or monitoring your A1C if you have diabetes or limiting your salt intake, or whatever it may be, talking about your cholesterol. I can't tell you the last time I've been asked about my sexual health when I go to my primary care doctor, and I've always thought that was odd. We are so comfortable talking about our stool patterns and the color of our sputum when we cough it up, but um, nobody talks about vaginal dryness, and no one talks about just being in a rut with intimacy, and no one talks about well, I was, you know, abused as a child or whatever. Nobody talks about that. And so I felt that there was such a need and there is a huge population of sexual health um, research and sexual health providers. And I wanted to bring that to not just Quincy, but to Illinois and Missouri. Well, the great thing about that is they don't have to be geographically here for you to, exactly. to treat them. So this is a little bit of a rarefied field. I mean, how many people in our area geographically are doing this? Are you it? Just me. Um, I mean, obviously, I have partners that I kind of reach out to that are physicians um, uh, within the field of medicine. So I have partners in urology that I reach out to, and we kind of brainstorm. I have partners in um, gynecology that I reach out to that we brainstorm, and vice versa, too. yeah, it within 100 miles, I'm this sexual wellness clinic is the only one. I have colleagues and partners in Springfield and St. Louis and Chicago um, that I I will refer patients out to. But yeah, within 100 miles of Quincy, this is it. 
and sexual health affects, uh, especially in, in a marriage situation or a partner situation, it affects two people. Uh, you think about um, sexual impotence, whether it be permanent or temporary for a man. Uh, I don't know much about this, but I know that there are like some high blood pressure medications that can maybe cause some problems. Probably other things you're being treated for might cause a problem. That's a very embarrassing side effect for gentlemen to discuss. And really, it's even hard for them to bring it up, I'm sure, to their spouse or wife or partner or what, you know, a lot of people aren't married anymore, but they're still in a relationship. Uh, impotence, like you said, vaginal dryness. I mean, it strikes both ways on both sides of of the female and male perspective. So um, what kind of cases are you seeing? What ages? I mean, I guess we should start maybe uh, with the younger crowd, let's just start there. You mentioned if you're sexually abused as a child or sexually violated or victimized uh, when you're younger, it can carry over. Um, I've been very open about telling my own story. Um, you know, I was uh, inappropriately touched by a teacher in eighth grade. I mean, in eighth grade, I didn't even know what the, you know really was going on. And then when I was a sophomore in high school, I was physically attacked on a school field trip by a student from another school. And then when I was a freshman in college, I was physically, not sexually attacked, but physically attacked and beaten. And so in my little lifetime, by the time I was 19 years old, three weird things had happened to me. And Leah, I don't think I'm that unusual. I think I'm just unusual because I tell people about it's it. That you're actually not unusual at all. Um, the statistics behind that, those particular scenarios are um, alarmingly high, unfortunately. But at the, this clinic, at the Hemming Sexual Wellness Clinic, I treat low or no desire, painful intercourse, affairs and infidelity recovery, sexless marriage or sexless relationship, mismatched desire, so when one partner um, may have a higher libido than the other partner, um, other things that we can treat, inability to achieve orgasm, erectile dysfunction, premature inhibited or inhibited or delayed ejaculation, out-of-control sexual behavior, pretty much anything uh, except for pedophilia can be seen in this. And even for pedophilia, I have had patients inquire about that. I do have several referrals to um, partners, uh, sexual health colleagues in Chicago and in St. Louis that I refer those to. So there's still, there's still help for, for all types of sexual, um, sexual health concerns. I think a lot of people are used to hearing maybe about the medications that can cause sexual dysfunction. I don't think a lot of people realize that surgeries, any surgeries from, from below the chest to above the thighs can also impair sexual function in men and women. Um, uh, and the importance of pelvic floor physical therapy. I work locally just within our town with a physical therapist, um, Natalie Stratton, who's phenomenal at pelvic floor physical therapy. And I don't think a lot of people even realize the impact of surgery or stress on the body, what it can do to your pelvic floor muscles, whether it be too lax or too tight. Um, but yeah, we um, at the clinic, we handle, a, if you can think it, and if you think it's odd, Chances are it's not, and we've already discussed it. <laughs> so um, I think that's the, this is the thing we don't talk about. I mean, most people don't go around and start up a conversation, oh, my high cholesterol. But at least if I would say, you know, if I'm sitting there at a restaurant and I mention to my uh, dinner partner that I have high cholesterol, the whole restaurant doesn't go, oh. <gasps> 
right. what is wrong exactly. with her, you know, or something <laughs> like that. But when you have intimate issues, because these issues are very intimate, um, and even single people that suffer from these suffer because of feeling different and not having anyone to talk to about it. And how much of this, um, well, you talked about all the different things, and I think we just ought to dive in and maybe, you know, knock them off one by one. When you're <laughs> treating a patient, I mean, like when, when I have diabetes and my husband has diabetes, and we go to some classes together because we both have the same disease, but we have different forms of it. But, you know, my husband doesn't get a mammogram, you know, right. and so, and, you know, so, I mean, it's interesting that if you, you know, my um, high cholesterol issue doesn't really affect Greg, you know, I mean, it can because of maybe I'm not supposed to eat certain foods, but it really doesn't affect him. But you're dealing with issues that have a direct correlation and a direct effect on a partner. Do you ever counsel people together or do you ever bring the partner in or is I mean, that would obviously be at the request or at the behest yeah. of the person. But is it something like you really have to treat both people? Because one has the physical or mental problem, but the other has the emotional dealing with it. Yeah, so typically a uh, sexual health concern affects both partners if you're in a partnered situation. If you're in a solo situation where you're single, um, divorced, uh, whatever your situation may be, and there's not a significant other, sexual health is still important. Um, I think the the uh, topic of uh, self-pleasure, I don't know if I can say the M word, but self-pleasure um, is so important to our uh, urinary health. It's so important to our bowel health. Um, if you think about it, I mean, there's three areas um, if for a woman. There's two areas for a man. Man, and if that if that area, I'm not for sure what I can discuss on the radio, but if, well, your uh, pelvic your pelvic area, your pelvic area, if yes. It's like you mentioned, if the muscles are gone, if, if there's nerve damage, right. if there's problems. Yep. So if you are not uh, stimulating and exercising certain areas in your pelvic area, it directly impacts and ca can cause weakness or um, laxity or too much tone um, so in in the other areas so not self-stimulating can negatively impact your urinary health and your bowel health so a lot of people don't realize that um, and it's not not to even mention what it does for your mental health too I mean I don't know if you can um, cross the finish line in, a, in an intimate act and not just be in a great mood. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, it, it releases a lot of those kind of good, feel good uh, neurotransmitters and uh, good, good kind of feeling hormones. But even in a couple situations, so when there's partners, if it's a partnered situation, I, I typically request, and not always, and I understand one is better than none, but I request both partners be present um, for the um, appointment because it would be like if it was a tennis match and you had a tennis teacher trying to teach doubles tennis to one person. Um, but, you know, we'll take whatever we can get if one person is is better than none. So we can at least address the concerns that the one client has, whether it's concerns that they have towards themselves or concerns that they have towards their partner. Well, I think one of the first ways to start there is if somebody has been withholding this from their partner. You know, sometimes if a person doesn't want to perform or feels uncomfortable performing sexually or is painful performing sexually or physically can't perform sexually, uh, 
their partner may not know. They may think, well, they don't love me anymore or whatever, and it may not have anything to do with that at all. They just are physically unable to. And so maybe starting on your own, and like one of the first questions would be, this is a problem. Help me diagnose this, a nurse practitioner Hemming, and then how do I broach this with my spouse? You know, exactly. I mean, I could think of like a lot of things that happen, like bladder incontinence has like you said, it does have something to do with your pelvic floor and your sexual function and all that. But it also, frankly, is not sexy and not attractive. It's like, hey, baby, well, just a minute, I have to change my depends. I mean, things that happen, and they can happen when you're young, but they mostly happen when you're old. And that can reduce your, yeah, you know, your kind of your sexiness. You're kind of like, yeah, I feel like I'm a fully functioning human being on the planet and I have a partner and I want to fulfill, you know, that relationship and, and everything. And, and you're held back by a lot of barriers. It, you know, you said you saw it a lot when people had mastectomies, they, you know, the women felt marred or Or less, less, less womanly. And, uh, you know, it, any kind of surgical procedure like that for a man or woman can, can cause problems. So again, this is something where, um, you know, if you're de- in denial about this or if you know you've got the problem but you don't know how to discuss it with anybody, uh, nurse practitioner Leah Hemming at her sexual wellness clinic may be just the thing for you. Before we proceed, we do have to take a break, but can you give me some information about how to get in touch with you? If people are listening and they're like, well, I've got a few questions and maybe I should make an appointment, how can we get in touch with you? Well, I recently got out of Google jail, so <laughs> you can Google uh, Hemming Sexual Wellness, but the actual website is um, HemmingSexualWellness.com. And you can, um, that will take you to our website. You have to be 18 um, to book an appointment or to ask questions. Um, If you just have questions that you want to ask or any inquiries, you can email uh, Leah at HemmingSexualWellness.com. And that's Mm L-E-A-H. At Hemming, H-E-M-I-N-G, SexualWellness.com. Again, you have to be 18 years of age or older, but you could ask any kind of inquiries, questions. I can troubleshoot with how to use Zoom, um, and any questions that you have or scheduling. And like any practitioner, you know, um, sometimes I go and my great general practitioner, Dr. Altman, says, eh, I'm going to refer you. And so like you said, if there's a problem like with pedophilia or some other thing that you feel, well, I, I, want, I know you need help and I want to help you, but I'll bring in a colleague or I'll refer you to someone else. So uh, Leah, L-E-A-H, at HemmingSexualWellness.com would be a way to get in touch with her. We're going to continue our conversation, but we have to take a break. Head up to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative. Quincy Mack Truck Sales and Service brings you this report. We're back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This discussion is for adults with two adults, and I'm trying to moderate as best I can. I don't know a whole lot about this subject, but that's why we have people on the Mary Griffith Show, including nurse practitioner Leah Hemming. She has 25 years experience in the medical field, and she has opened the Hemming Sexual Wellness Clinic. This is a telemedicine clinic. There's no real office. I mean, she has an office, obviously, where her computer is, but uh, she's helping people deal with issues. So, Leah, let's, you listed the issues you deal with. Just start at the top of that list. If you want to start with impotence, if you want to start, I don't care where you want to start. But let's, let's talk about some of these issues because they are 
it we we have a hard time with mental health issues in general you know and that's such a taboo subject and we're working our way around that now you know people i know that a lot of people that have prostate cancer and stuff like that and then they have to have surgery and then everybody's wondering you know and and there's speculation and it's like you know who you know who thinks about those things but it's human nature so talk about some of the issues that you deal with and what some of the you don't give their names, obviously, but some of the people you've been able to help with some common everyday problems, but we don't know they're common everyday problems because we never talk about them. Right. So it's uh, it, it's just a variety. I mean, um, what what someone thinks is abnormal is actually normal for the majority of the population. Normal is whatever you consider it to be normal. But yeah, I mean, in the field of like oncology, for example. Yeah, prostate cancer is is a hot topic, Um, you know, whether or not, and it's with any illness, not just cancer. If something has impacted your life that has changed the remainder of your life, that's a huge deal. And sexual health is just as important as respiratory health and um, skin health and mental health. It's all incorporated and it's how we feel about ourselves. And um, sometimes when women have their breasts removed, I've heard them say, I don't feel like a woman anymore. Um, I don't look like a woman anymore. And the same can be said with, as you mentioned, prostate health, you know, and their ability to perform um, <clears throat> intimately. Um, but, yeah, there's there's lots of, lots of different um, options, and everybody is different. You can have identical twins that are diagnosed with the same exact cancer, same exact disease. They're treated the same way, yet they both have different um, issues that they need to address. Um, and that's, that's where I need to meet people exactly where they're at. Um, religious shame is a big topic as well, um, depending on if your religion was more focused on act-based, where um, intimacy is for procreation only versus the other um, end of the realm where it is emotional based and it's a connection based between two partners so that's a big thing that's addressed in the clinic um you know uh, affairs you know it's it's not uncommon um for one partner to um step out on the relationship and then try to kind of mend that and build the trust back up and kind of patch things back to their new normal and that's kind of where we're we focus in this clinic is we meet patients where they're at and then we help them establish their new normal. Is their new normal going to look like their old normal? Maybe. Is their new normal going to be different? Maybe. I bring about the awareness of intercourse versus extra outer course. So there, excuse th- me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, educate me. What is intercourse? Well, so, don't, don't go into too much detail. I think I know what intercourse is, yeah. <laughs> but can you explain yeah. on the radio what outer course is? Outer course is anything that's not intercourse. Course. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, again, I don't know what I can say on the radio, but holding hands is outer course. Um, kissing is outer course. Uh, bending over and lo- loading the dishwasher and having your partner whack you on the bottom in a playful and, and um, flirtish way. That's all outer course. All of that is still defined as sexual behavior. So, um, you, Flir- know, you know, the flirtations, flirtations with husbands and wives or, you know, anybody has with sexting, each other. You know, sexting flirtation, text. Somebody said to me a long time ago, and, and, you know, I mean, my mother was, a. I always said if my mother was a sex education teacher, everybody would, you know, it would be perfect because everybody would wait till they were married and, you know, they'd have this 
great basis and all this other stuff, you know, because she was really very, um, you know, about it. But it was interesting because she said, you know, um, it's not just what happens in the bedroom, but it's everything that happens. It's the way you serve your husband eggs in the morning because it's all foreplay, you right. know, especially right. when you got kids. It's like, okay, someday these little brats are going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, all you're the, speaking my love language all the, now. All the, all, the, all the things we've been doing all day with our little secret code words and all this other stuff, you know, yeah. are going to come to fruition as soon as lights it's a, out. It's you a know? lingering wink at the dinner yeah. table yeah. when you're uh, putting the roast on the table yeah. or it's uh, licking your lips in yeah. front of your partner um, just to kind of give a... Um, a uh, nonverbal cue of what's in store for tonight after those little ones go to bed. Those but things are very important yeah, for a healthy relationship. It is. And you know, something... and the other thing is, my mother used to get so mad at me because you know, of course, kids don't want to even think about their parents. <laughs> you know, and then when you need, I remember I told my mother, I think she turned forty or something, or I don't know what it was, or maybe she turned back. Mother, ugh, you should stop doing things like that. <laughs> mother said, wait till you're forty, fifty, sixty. See if you want to stop doing. It, you know, so I think sometimes just healthy repartee. We don't talk enough to our own parents, right? You know, and that's the thing. It's such a verboten topic that some of the best teachers of how to deal with life could be your own mother and father. Oh, absolutely. But you know, you dare not ever say, "Hey, mom, did you guys ever experience any kind of difficulties?" You know, <laughs> exactly. Because everybody does, right? I mean, it's just like having a sprained ankle. At some point in your life, something's going to hurt. Right. There's going to be a sexual blip on your radar screen at some time in your life. It's inevitable, right? Right. And without this act, um, human life would cease to exist. So, I mean, it, not everybody does it, but without this act, humans, animals, everything would cease to exist on this planet. So it is super important. And to kind of go back to the um, outer course, yeah. one thing that we do that we've studied with babies that we know, newborns that are under distress, you know, we can't ask the newborn that was just born, um, hey, what's going on? Tell me about your day. Well, you know, I was warm. I was 98.6 and all of a sudden I'm cold and I'm crying. I can, we can measure infants, uh, newborns. We can measure their heart rate. We can measure their breathing. We can measure their oxygen saturations. Um, all of those things. We can see that this baby is in distress. What do we know now in 2024 that can kind of help instantly calm that baby down, it's skin-to-skin time. Whether it's skin-to-skin with mom, skin-to-skin with dad, um, now we have professional baby holders in the nursery, but we just know that that closeness naturally reduces our cortisol, naturally brings down our ACTH, and all of those hormones that kind of regulate our um, our nervous system. And so that's kind of what I teach as well. Getting back to the basics, what do we know about n- newborns and how we can naturally slow all of their anxiety, not all, but we can naturally slow their, their stress. And I, I talked to, to clients about the importance of skin to skin. So even if you're not able to do intercourse per se, um, there's this whole world of outer course and, and the importance of just getting skin to skin with your partner and how much that can alleviate stress. Uh, as far as like what's causing the stress, you know, we can go into that as well, you know. So so often what happens, I feel like in partnered relationships, is one partner is not able to perform 
what they used to be, whether it's because of pain, whether it's because uh, they've gained weight, whether it's because of they have low self-esteem or they're not physically able to perform in that manner um, and they're not able to talk about it to, or they don't feel as though they can talk about it to their partner. They don't feel like their partner's going to understand. They don't feel like their doctor's going to understand. Or maybe they ask their doctor about it. Maybe they ask their pastor about it and they've got guilt or whatever, whatever the reason is, they kind of just shut that off. They shut off um, that whole area and then they start shutting off outer course because well, they don't want something to start. They don't want something I mean, to lead you know, to it. If you have vaginal dryness and it hurts to have intercourse, you want your husband to hug you and hold you, but then he gets revved up. Right. Uh-oh. Or if you're a man and you suffer with, you know, impotence, you you want to snuggle with your wife. You want to go dancing. You, you know, but all of a sudden it's like, well, now the expectation is that this is going to end the way it always ended when we were first married or first in love or whatever. Right. And sometimes those expectations have to be uh, you know, change. Exactly. And so that's, that's one of the main things I, I focus on when I work with couples is opening the lines of communication. Everything is safe to discuss. Every single thing that you could imagine is safe to discuss in this clinic. Um, and just bringing awareness that it's, it's also safe to work through different options, different sexual health treatments, um, Sometimes patients just need to to be given the permission that it's okay to talk about and and that what they're going through isn't isn't abnormal. Um, it, likely, what you've going through, there's been studies that have been done to it. And even if there's not, let's talk about it and let's talk about all the options that there are to move past this or to adjust to whatever your new normal is going to be. Well, that is something I think that is interesting. The new normal. You know, um, when you get married, you say for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. You know, somebody throws their back out or has a severe injury. Um, they might be laid up, you know, uh, for months. Well, obviously, during that period of time, normal, whatever normal is, relations are going to end. And then afterwards, they may never be able to return to what they were for whatever reason. Um, I imagine, you know, people coming back from war with limbs missing and stuff, you know, uh, it kind of p- makes it hard for a girl to put on a negligee when she's got one arm and one leg missing. I mean, right. you don't feel sexy right. per se anymore. However, what is great about the human condition is you didn't marry somebody usually just for their physical attractiveness. You love <laughs> them. You've seen my husband. Yeah, well, he's pretty physically attractive. <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you think about it, you know, I love, in a sense, Greg and I love each other more now after 11 years of marriage than we did. Not that we were any great shakes when we got together. I mean, we were both older, but I mean, we have both deteriorated physically. There's no doubt about it. But yet I love him more today than I did. So love is not just physical arousal and physical desire, but it is an important part of the human. God put us together and made us boy and girl so that we could do boy girl things. Exactly. So it's when you start to diminish that fun. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but pickleball is not the same. It may be, you know, <laughs> yes. maybe, I mean, I'd, there's hobbies are great, but I think a lot of people would rather get back to, okay, if we can never have it the way it was, what can we have? Right. And, and what sometimes are we, we have to What are we willing to discuss and focus? Right. Yes. And so, like you said, you know, if you have someone that comes back as a combat vet and, uh, you know, has, unfortunately has to have both legs amputated, we can't really talk to him, you know, about activities that involve running unless he gets prosthetic legs. And that's another thing I wanted to discuss too, the idea of prosthesis. Um, that 
there is in the the age of diabetes that we're in right now, there are a lot of um, medications that impede or prevent um, sexual health being what it once was for someone. Um, and there's a lot of options to to combat that as well, whether it is pharmaceuticals and, and medications or non-medications too. So just just on the side note of that. But yeah, it's... it's you mean people who are fairly Puritan uptight and we never think about this, sex toys might have to be introduced. Sex toys? And when you call them sex toys, then that makes it sound like something you buy at the adult store and it's for, you know, vulgar, nasty purposes. Or but something it, that's discussed at the urologist's office. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. It's not... There's yeah. If you put the right terminology on it, then it no longer. It's like you know somebody getting a breast form to fill out their you know because they had a mastectomy. That's not a sex toy, right? right. And it's all lingo too. You can say, oh, somebody got a set of fake boobs versus someone has now prosthet- prosthetic breasts. So yes, it, it's all lingo. We use we use words and slang um, when we're uncomfortable with the actual terminology. That's kind of one thing, too, that um, that we have to work through with just diff- coming to where people are. So if people were raised where you don't call it a, can I say the anatomical terms? Yes. Where you don't call it a vagina, you call it a hoo-hoo, a coochie, <laughs> a crotch, or whatever. And then it becomes, it can become in the child and the and the young adult. Oh, those are things that we don't talk about. We can't even call it its actual anatomical word. You know, why is it okay to say an ear, um, or should we call it an, a head tag? So yeah. a vagina, a vulva, a penis, scrotum. I mean. Those are all words that we should be using at age-appropriate times with our children so that they're not embarrassed to talk about it um, freely. It's right. not something that we need to be ashamed of. It's a, a, a vulva is just as common as an earlobe, is just as common as a nipple, is just as common as a knuckle. So um, okay. it's, just, it's increasing communication and comfortability in talking about your body and the sensations around it. It's like everything else in a relationship. It's just taking it to that degree that most people don't discuss publicly. Leah Hemming, thank you for being my guest today. Uh, Hemming Sexual Wellness Center. Uh, you must be 18 uh, to be treated, and uh, it is 100% telemedicine. It's all confidential and private, obviously. She's been in practice, well, she's been practicing for 25 years, but she's had the clinic open now for all patients since November of 2023. Again, you can reach her at Leah, L-E-A-H, at HemmingSexualWellness.com. And if you're suffering, there's no need to. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Coming up next week on the Mary Griffith Show, we'll talk to members of the Community Foundation. We'll also check in with what's happening with the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, the Dogwood Festival just announced its parade theme today. The parade's on May 4th, so you knew they had to do it. May the 4th be with you. Okay, we're looking forward to that Dogwood Parade on May 4th. Have a great weekend, everyone. Be good to each other. And listen to the Mary Griffith Show, brought to you by Refreshment Services Pepsi.